0: Welcome to the Going with Fishes podcast, episode 109. This week we have the great Subcool joining us. Um, Thanks for joining us this week. Hey bro, how you doing?
1: Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us. We also have uh, Marty. Hello. How's everybody doing today? Co-founder Marty. We got Mr. Green Jeans. Hey everybody. <laughs> <The> screaming children. <laughs> Technical difficulties. charge <laughs> the um, We also have uh, Roger. <laughs> and we have uh, Josh of Dutch Blues. Hello. And Josh actually was helped put together this uh, episode this week, so thanks again, Josh. Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks a lot for joining us so cool Um, why don't you uh, tell everyone a little bit about uh, what what you do and what you're all about
1: Um, I started growing cannabis when I was about uh, when I was really young Um, I I had a friend who there's always a girl in my stories okay so I had a friend who had an older sister and I thought she's cute and she had a boyfriend and I thought he was the coolest dude in the world because he had a sports car and he smoked weed. And I, I saw him over there in the, in the house smoking weed and I said, well, I want some of that. So I found some seeds on a rolling tray and I grew them. I had no way to buy weed as young as I was. So we started growing it. And my my parents' first look into that was, I was about 11 years old and they found a pot plant right in my window. So they didn't know what to do. I hadn't smoked it yet, by the way, just learning. and. They made it, they turned it into mysticism. You know, they were like, you can't have this. And I was like, wait a minute, it's a plant. And from that moment on, I had a fascination with it that, that drove on to a little bit older life when I started growing cannabis because it was expensive. So I love telling the story. So I figured out how much money I spent on cannabis and I was spending about $15,000 a year living in Georgia. Weed was about $400 an ounce. And I said, you know, I'm never gonna own anything if I just buy wheat. So I started growing it in earnest. And I got caught um, in Georgia for cultivation and they put me in jail. And they put me in jail with mother rapers and father rapers and they fed me shitty food and it pissed me off. And when I got out and I started growing cannabis again in Florida and I got caught with about 900 plants and I got sentenced to 18 years in jail. And so I ran and I stayed in Amsterdam, Europe, Spain, stayed out of the country four or five years. And I eventually dropped my guard, came back into America and I got picked up on the warrant, finished doing my time, moved to the West Coast and started uh, a seed company called TGA Genetics, um, where I distributed seeds throughout the world um, through Overgrow and a couple of other websites. And uh, we think we were one of the first companies to openly sell seeds in America um, I can tell you that the event we sold seeds at, no one was selling anything. Cali Connection wasn't selling seeds. No one was selling dabs. But after the first time we sold seeds, everybody did. And I've watched the modern cannabis movement move past some of the old school guys like me and Kyle Cushman and Bob. You ask a 25-year-old grower who Kyle Cushman is and he might not even know. So now I'm involved in the licensing the corporate cannabis and branding. Uh, I have a large brand nationwide, but one of the biggest problems, and I hope to talk about it tonight, is you can go in a store almost anywhere in America and buy my strain, not grown by me. And it might not be tested properly. And it might not meet what you need for insomnia or for pain or for your seizures. And we're trying to change that nationwide. Uh, We also are working with the Europeans um, to move some of our California stock into Canada, which we did prior to October 21st, which was their cutoff day to bring in genetics. So we moved 50,000 seeds from California into Canada legally. So hopefully we can improve their beaster situation. Um, I want to talk about Canada tonight. Please circle around to the fact that you can go to prison for 14 years for smoking weed in Canada, even though it's legal. And then that's it. I teach people how to grow pot. I have a website called subcool.com where you can go watch videos. The site is not really a commerce site. If you want to learn how to grow, all you have to do is go to Google and type subcool cloning, subcool transplanting, subcool harvesting, subcool bubble making. And I probably have written an article about it in the last 20 years that you can go read. My mission in this world is to teach you to grow so that we can overgrow this fucking planet so they will stop putting our brothers and sisters in jail and that is my sole reason for being on this planet
0: That's awesome so how did you first get started um, growing and what yeah, and breeding and, and uh, but I mean you, you talked a little bit about growing your first couple of plants but when did you start um you know kind of uh, really um, really getting into the breeding end of it i
1: um I was living um on the run and uh, I had a good friend named Danny Dodson and he's the guy that put his house up to get me out of jail and I wanted to do something he passed away in Amsterdam he died of a heart attack in a uh, gypsy nirvana's house and, uh, I wanted to do something to memorialize him so well um, I had a friend who uh bred cannabis and that's uh, soul with brothers grim and also Boggs. I knew kind of how to do it um so I had a plant called taco And we bred Taco Time Killer Queen and made Danny Boy. That's that's it. We just made the seeds and grew them out. And everybody liked it. And then it had a good story. One thing you'll learn from me if you follow me is one thing that can really make good cannabis is a good story. So, you know, Danny's name followed through. We only made it one time. And so it gained a lot of fame. You can't buy it. And then I wrote the article and it got published in High Times Magazine. And everybody's like, whoa, what's this American guy that grows bottoms and and makes strains? And from there, I've created uh, 207 strains, including Bean, Agent Orange, Pennywise, Vortex, and Jesus OG Kush. And I gotta tell you, it gives me a boner when I hang around a bunch of people and they're like, oh yeah, you're, you're a grower? I go, no, dude, I created Jesus OG Kush. And they're like, what? And I go, well, yeah, I did the artwork. I smuggled it worldwide, put it in every shop. I made fun of it, even though I do believe in Jesus and I wouldn't ever be bad. It comes from a train called Elgo Jesus. I didn't want to name it Satan weed or demon weed. So I was like, let's just call it Jesus. So that story travels around the world. And now people look to me for advice on how to breed. When it really got heavy uh, is when uh, I noticed uh, potent, other breeders started taking my gear like Time Wreck and creating strains like Quantum Kush and Doctor Who. And even uh, the, the, the breeder Jinx Jinxproof, uh, he took my uh, Jesus OG Kush and made the strain nine pound hammer. So it's quite an honor to have other people take and grow a pack of your seeds and make strains. But on the other hand, a lot of times they don't pay homage. So there's a lot of my gear for sale in this world that's either fake or made by someone else. But I got to say, I welcome it. Because remember what I said in that first statement? Let's overgrow, man. You're welcome to buy my seeds and make something else and give it to your buddies. Because that's how we'll make it legal. So So you
2: you created Agent Orange?
1: Absolutely, I did. I did it for my wife. Right now. And tribute to my wife's father who died of uh agent orange he died of cancer um in late 78 and so me and jill thought it would be a great idea to create a strain, name it um we took a lot of heat for it because people thought we were being rude and in no way i will tell you that if you're a veteran and you need seeds ask they're free forever if you fought for my country seeds are free and that's why we support the vets, and that's why we created Agent arm
0: I hear you.
2: i got to step up for a moment, gentlemen. I'll be back. Yeah, I'm smoking some of that right now, and it's the greatest smelling plant
3: I ever grew. Wow. Thank you. So, you yeah, I've grown Agent Orange, too. And I think I've, uh, I've grown Hercule, too, which I think is um, also is a one-to-one strain from TGA, and uh, had some great luck with it. Can well, I ask?
1: Have- a question about that. So my theory behind Herkel was, you know, Pennywise is supposedly a sativa CBD strain. And the idea behind Herkel was to put that harlequin and crossed it crossed it with purple, which is purple Herkle. And do, do you find it to be more sedative or more of an indica or you can't quantify it?
3: Um, well, I grew it outdoors and we let it go pretty late. So it definitely had a a sedative like it, it was I definitely felt like it was a you know it was more of a mellow kind of high so I preferred to smoke it in the evening and and it would it was um I I got a lot of pain relief out of it I deal with a lot of shoulder and back pain and uh I really enjoyed it being able I used it um actually throughout the day a lot because I felt like that it you know doesn't really give you that like huge lift I didn't feel like uh you know that that big head high but it was uh, it was more of a body high for me I, really enjoyed I like it so you used to be real
0: active on uh, overgrow.net back in the day as well uh, uh correct me if i'm wrong
1: no it's it i don't like this story because it sounds so pompous but i'll tell the story so me and shebang and skoosh and pa And a bunch of my friends were sitting around the house one day in Georgia at a party at a place we called Jamaica, which was just my house. The whole world kind of thought we were in Jamaica. And Shebang knew how to write code. Eric knew how to write. Um, And those guys, and and, uh, NL420 was the other guy. These guys all knew how to code. I don't know how to code. And I said, man, what if we had a website where we could all hang out? And we could all take and put pictures of our pot up. you got to understand, like my first computer was an Acer 133 and my first phone was a bag phone. There's no Instagram. There's no Facebook. There's no, there is no World Wide Web, okay? There's no pot sites. There's no, there's jack shit. You buy a computer and code comes up. So we had the idea to make a website where we could all go, where we could all hang out and talk. And so these guys built webs, built over. And at one time, There wasn't Roll It Up or IC Mag or THC Talk or Bud Babes and Boobs. There was one thing, it was Overgrow. And we were all there every fucking day. It was the only place to go. You woke up and you logged on. Well, RC owned Overgrow and I was selling seeds through RC and RC got busted in Canada. And he had two gold bricks for him and a pack of my seeds, Danny boy, was on the front of the Canadian post. You want your balls to shrink up real small. I was scared to death. And so RC got busted and the cops held Overgrow for 10 years in all this information. And last year they released it and some friends picked it up and Overgrow.com is back. And every article is there. All the resources are there. It's not an active community. It's more like a library resource. But what a great story. I mean, you guys, I can't stress it enough there was nowhere to go learn how to grow. And then there was Overgrow. And Bushy Grower, a direct result of this community. Me, direct result of this community. DNA, absolutely. Those guys were in the forums talking to us. So Overgrow is responsible for the modern cannabis movement, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I remember it was uh, when I was just starting off, this was way before all the YouTube and all the fancy stuff now, it was uh, overgrow.net. Uh, ed rosenthal's book and then jorge cervantes had some vhs's and i don't even think dvds yeah the dvds out yet and that was the three resources that i had to, to even go to in fact that's how i, I learned about breeder steve and, and his early aquaponics stuff and and um, you know uh, you know some of the early work he was doing back in 96 or 7 i forget which but uh yeah we, we've had him on the show and we've talked about that plenty of times as well um so, uh, uh, so you actually uh, went through and had a, a pretty nasty um, uh, events. You're uh, part of the fire and everything up in Santa Rosa last year. And um, uh, do you want to uh, talk about that at all? Or, or?
1: yeah, no, I, I'll tell the story. It's um, it's uh, October eighth, uh, two thousand seventeen. And uh, I was up in Northern California. We had been trimming. You can actually, by the way, watch Weed Nerd episode 320 it is and see it. It I didn't know this. So I carried my video camera for three weeks because my computer burned up in the fire. And once I finally mixed it, this is what you see. You see me making hash with Frenchie up on the mountain. You see me making hash with Bond up on the mountain. You see me go to Mendo Dope's house and drop them off. And then you see my fucking house burn down. And we lost $12 million in cannabis seeds and uninsured cannabis products and we ran through the flames um uh, i try there's things i can't talk about but at that time um i lost jill jill went north and i went south and we never were able to put it back together so but uh, i had a sales guy named um will and he came and picked me up i am embarrassed but not that embarrassed i was in a hotel room and i was losing my shit. i was crying i lost Everything I own except my dog. I was sitting there holding my dog and he said, well, I'll be there and come get you. So he came and got me and brought me to Mesa, Arizona. That's how I ended up in Arizona. So we're working hard. We bought a bowling alley in Globe, Arizona, which we were filling up with cannabis. We're one of uh, the state producers. We can sell to 121 other dispensaries. But by no means do I have a paycheck yet. It's a rat infested bowling alley right now. We're working on it. I also have a license in California, Uh, excuse me. I work under a license in California called Seed to Soul and we have the rights to distribute seeds to 3,100 dispensaries in California. We have 1 million seeds sitting in California in the matrix ready. But California says that I cannot do it because I'm a felon. So we have a team of lawyers trying to figure out how we can move these seeds that you guys want to grow into the dispensaries where you can go buy them under California's horrible fucking new law where weed's $600 a pound with $150 tax and it costs $900 to test it. Um, The age of craft cannabis is gonna disappear unless you guys right here hang on. Grow your own cannabis and make your own cannabis. The shit you're gonna buy at Walmart and Target in the next three years is not what I grew up growing. And I want to say one thing more to you, panel, and I want you to hear this and I want you to feel it with me. There's an entire generation of kids, the first time they got high was from a vape pen. Not some girl at a Doobie Brothers concert blowing them a shotgun, okay? Uh, it makes me cry. <laughs> a bait pen is the first time you ever tried cannabis? It's
3: horrible. Agreed. <laughs> so this is, these pictures I have up now are from that uh agent orange and hercule that's agent orange there gorgeous there.
1: you do me proud man absolutely that
3: excellent work, sir. appreciate it
1: thank you marty no you too those are giant colas well done i love it i didn't mean to lose the fire and get into uh the bait pens but it's something that really kills me i i talked to a couple of kids the other week and they were telling me they use cannabis and i said oh, you guys know how to roll a joint no they probably couldn't roll a joint if you asked them to well they can now because i whipped out a pack of orange zigzag sit
3: down son we've got some learning to do yeah
1: yeah. give me that pack of orange papers he's like why you need those papers i was like just watch and me that paper plate (laughs) (laughs) so but uh, the thing i went off on in, in california is i tell you it's a big deal right now i mean you know, three years ago in California, under 64, uh, 215, and I was growing the best cannabis of my life. I was transporting it myself. I was taking it to Organican and buds and Roses. They were giving me good old American cash for it. I paid my taxes. I bought my groceries. Life was good. You get 3,100 a pound for weed no more and you can't drive it up in the highway no more. Now you gotta have a transporter and a third party packager. And no cartoons. Now, I get no cartoons on the package, but like they won't even let me use my likeness on a pack. I'm a cartoon. So it's just, I realize the alcohol industry went through this, but the alcohol industry did not suffer what we're suffering right now. I mean, you don't have to produce Jim Beam in one state and then sell it in one state. It's ridiculous. Did you also know that you can buy weed in Washington, drive to Mississippi, and go to prison for 20 years? How do we yeah, do this? that? That um, musician just did that. The pounds. Uh, yeah, he had some pounds. Yeah. It's it's And people make fun of him, but you got to understand, there's never been a time in our country where you can walk into a store as an American citizen and 21 years old, buy something, get in your car and travel, not across any borders, no gates. There's no Nazis standing in the way. Or do you pass it? You're just driving. And then somebody pulls you over in Mississippi and you straight up could go to prison for 20 years for possession. And they're trying to get this guy for what trafficking because he had some pounds. Right. It's a different world. I, I'm sure the people on this panel buy packs like nothing. This is what we do. This is the industry. Right. we're in. doesn't mean we're trafficking. It just means I need some weed. So it's a big problem right now. And then you then you have other situations. Canada. I'm going to, if I can go for a second, in Canada, so in Canada, I've been selling seeds for 25 years. At worst, what happened in Canada before the law changed was somebody would say, don't do it or do it differently. You can go to prison for 14 years now for breaking any of the codes that are in Canada. If a 19-year-old passes a joint to a 17-year-old, he can go to prison for trafficking. So everybody running around saying Canada legalized, Canada regulated, outdated ass you smoke the pot they want where they want you to when they want you to and you can smoke some pot
0: other than that it's not legal yeah and so so california is really bad as far as the length of the the license but cal cal canada is even even worse i know the one that we applied for just manufacturing was 679 pages double printed both sides and the actual application was what 42 pages i think you yeah, to just write a, like basically write a novel
1: and they keep they do this to keep moving the target so I have four contracts for go cannabis and as of yet I'm still fighting for that right and and this is what burns me up and this I think this is the right kind of group to talk about this if our goal is to regulate it not and when you anytime you take cannabis in California that's 400 and then you have weed for sale in Florida that's 4,000 bitches gonna be smuggling I mean it's it, it Come on. I mean, if you're starving to death and you got a 100 pounds and you're living in Humboldt County, you're going to find out where the UPS office is real quick. And, and I make a joke and I see everybody nodding their head, but you can go to prison for this. And I, these people would rather sell their cannabis locally under real law, but it's gotten too complicated.
0: Yeah. And, and, that's, and
1: that's, that's, well, go ahead, Chuck.
0: I was just going
4: to say, sub, I'm a, I'm a recreational uh, grower in Washington. And, uh, Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with up here, but, like, most of the companies are... I talk about it a lot on the show, but most of the companies are bigger companies. I'm one of the few that's just... It's just me. I grow all the weed. I harvest all the weed. And, uh, man, it is fucking hard, you know? I haven't even even got into retail. Like, I can't afford to get into retail. So I have weed that I sit on, you know, and and argue about, am I going to sell to some dude for 20 cents a gram? Or seventy-five cents a gram, or if I'm fucking lucky, a dollar twenty-five. Like Jeez. and and, and to, to your topic, like I am, I have I have a family, you know, and it's really fucking tempting to like, you know, turn them cameras off and like you know, but it's like at the, I can't do it. I cannot do it. It's too it's too risky, you know, for you know, it's it's just it's really unfortunate because I what I'm trying to do is grow I grow really good, organic, clean you know, cannabis, really cool strains. I'm trying to grow and and support my community and I should be able to sell to my fucking neighbors, you know, but right now we have, uh, we started with 1200 licensed growers. I actually had to buy the license for $75,000 because I came in late because I was one of the medical guys. Um, and, uh, now we're down to 600 ish growers and we only have 250 stores throughout the whole fucking state. You know, where in 2014, like we had 3,000 stores when I moved, you know, and I was like doing yeah. the medical thing to get you was so that's like what's happened in the last since our legalization. And we've kind of been, us in Colorado, the first ones, you know.
1: What sucks is, and I'm going to be one of these guys that pisses you off. So, yeah, uh, I heard about a license today in California for $2,500. When I was in California, when I lived in Santa Rosa, I was looking at paying $125,000 for the fucking thing. So now I can just go backwards and some poor son of a gun didn't make it. And now I can pick up his bones. That's what's going on. And I hear Washington's worse.
4: Well, even like this one kind of, you know, gets me. Like, I agreed to this. I, this guy bought this license from some dude for $75,000. He got, he told me straight up, he pr- took him less than $10,000 to set that thing up. And uh, I, I still pay him on it. You know, it's one of those deals where I make monthly payments. And so when it's hard, when it comes time to like feed my family, and I'm paying this guy and I've already paid him 20, 30 grand, you know. I owe him. It's, it's my that's what I gotta do. I gotta pay. Him. But it's you know, this thing is not not easy, you know. So I'm not trying to air my dirty laundry, but you know, just
1: to know. you know that's why we're here, dude. And I got some tips here. I mean, you guys brought me on because I've been doing this for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. I can give you all some tips. So let me give you some ideas. because so, I talk to a lot of people, I'm gonna tell you some cool things I've learned. I've got a friend here visiting me from Colorado. So where I live in um in in arizona they grow mediocre weed they don't do a lot of bubble the craft isn't here but they make diamonds the size of your fist i mean they have got the extract dark down and the problem with this is they keep blowing shit up and it's bad for our industry so colorado's been around long enough to where they stopped blasting a lot of stuff they've gotten more into the craft rosin so i can tell you that the one product that will sell the best and it's the easiest move is just what i said Get really good at making bubble hash, and then press it. Um really good rosin sells for $120 to $150 a gram here. And you don't this need is, to make it.
4: you're totally right. And I just, you know, I actually I won the first Turp Festival here in Washington in 2015 for my hash rosin. You did. And so, dude, I, I totally am on that game. I got four wards I'm looking up at right here. Well, can you sell I product? can't I can't I can't sell it for ten dollars a gram, dude.
1: Oh fuck! Come visit me. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I know, I know. That's what that's what I'm up against. They look at me and they go, "Oh, we're buying BHO. We're buying diamonds for, you know, ten, twelve dollars a gram. You know, would be pushing it. You know, and I'm talking fucking fire, dude. You know.
1: See, then, then. there no
2: where you're worried about crossing state lines, but the only way he can get anything for all the money he's invested in his harvest is across state lines. Well, yes and
1: no. Uh, not to not to argue with you, Roger, because I'm just on your show. Yeah, you?
4: I please, please give it. You know,
1: well, well this is what we do, and I'm not making this offer directly, but I can tell you, in my new bowling facility, we have a walk-in cooler and a rosin pressing machine, because the one thing Arizona's lack like to make good hash is the cold room's fucking hot here. So I'm going to build a facility, and I'm going to invite the best hash makers in the world to come wash my product, and that's how I can put good product on the shelf. And then, no, you can't move your product over here. But and and you know what's really weird is it, we already missed some guys. If you guys don't know who Bond or Frenchie is, I knew Frenchie when all he was was a guy who dropped dope all over my kitchen floor, for real. I mean, Frenchie was just a guy. So his craft is 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 matured, and so did we. Offered Mr. Bond money, but the license fell apart. And now he has one. So I will find a very good extract maker out there, Ash, and I'll bring him into my facility and I'll give him a walk in. That's the only way I know to change craft is to give somebody the facility
0: yeah one of the other issues um, in colorado specifically is colorado uh was it in july i think it was uh or maybe it was may i forget which month it was but it passed some new weird law around bubble hash and 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 testing and the, um it's a huge pain in the ass so there's actually um uh uh, kind of a big problem with, with bubble hash. I have some friends of mine that are uh, that do rosin and they said it's pretty hard to get bubble and, and rosin in Colorado, at least recently.
1: It is. I'll tell you something that blew my mind I found out yesterday, because you guys know I, I'm in branding. Um, I, I will tell you a quick story. So, B, uh, excuse me, OG Rascal has the first trademark for a cannabis strain in America. It's White Fire. The problem was, is he doesn't have a license yet to sell his cannabis in California. In order for that trademark patent to stick, anybody that understands business, you got to sell it. It's got to be sold in America. That's just how it works. So he can lose his patent. I haven't told him about this. He might smack me in the head for running my mouth, but it's just the truth. So we would like to package one of my strains like Deadlights or Pennywise, all the damn seeds in California from one dispensary to the other. Boom. I can make it a trademark on it right away. Check this out. Did you know, in fucking Colorado, based on the way they do it, they bought my Agent Orange seeds. And then under their metric, let's just call Sky Dispensary because I don't know any names. So Sky Dispensary logs their Agent Orange into the system and then becomes their strain. Are you fucking kidding me? You didn't create it. I found that out today and I can't even do anything about it. Not that I care. And this isn't about money. They just literally take my strain and log it into the strain in the matrix. And then I find out, did you know that each shop has their own? What are you kidding me? So there's like 20 different versions of Pennywise in Colorado?
0: Well, and then you have, you have so a lot of states, and you know this too, have the mystery 90 days or whatever, where the first 30 days or 90 days, they don't ask where the seeds come from. And then once once they have that, then they're locked into their, their genetics, unless they get them from you know, and most states still do that. Even even ones that are just coming online now have a you know a period where I mean they don't ask questions about where the genetics come from, and half the time these dispensaries will just rename it. It yeah. could be it could be your stuff, and they'll just rename it.
1: I so have a friend here now that works the Matrix system in Colorado, and they will literally take Agent Orange and change the name of it to Orange Pie or whatever, and rock and roll, and that that's cool. Because I I really do want people to overgrow the planet. But, yeah, at least if you've been to prison four times for growing cannabis, you would at least appreciate somebody saying, yeah, this is Agent Orange by Subcooler. This is Vortex. Um, Can I tell you guys, do y'all know the story of God's pussy? Do y'all know that story? So in the very first American Cup, a guy named Green Bicycles, Jack with Green Bicycles, grew my Vortex out and entered it. And he didn't think he was gonna win, and as a joke, he named it God's Pussy. And so I entered it too, and it won. And I'll forget her name, Madeline somebody, she's a feminist, and she was standing on stage and they handed her to the card. And she goes, and the winner of the Hot Times Cup is, she passes the card off. And so this is like American history, American cannabis history. You can type it into a Google browser. And the story of God's Pussy and Subcool's Vortex will come up. My point is if we had a real federal law to where we could protect our product, the shit wouldn't happen. You don't see Oreos by Bob at the Piggly Wiggly. Oreos are Oreos and Coke is Coke. And the customer that has seizures that needs some Pennywise, goes into a dispensary that somebody picked a sativa dominant without any CBD that doesn't stop their seizure, we're not medicating our patients
0: not so so what level of stability would you say would warrant a patent like an f1 or how how much because uh, this is you know this is something that we you know i personally i, I have mixed feelings on the patenting and genetics but i'm not going to you know get into it get into it but um what level of stability would you feel is would warrant a patent
1: i guess you're, you're smart that's a great question so i number one i am known as mr unstable we do poly and we select so i would think the first thing would be to, to trademark the cutting itself so we have a 28 to 1 Pennywise cutting we found it in 100 seeds i'm like a lot that you. you may never find it again ever i think a shop should have the ability to lock that down through phylos you know what phylos is so phylos- yeah,
0: actually, uh, my uh yeah. a real good friend of
1: mine in colorado actually works in the same lab So we do phylose testing, and then we get a genetic stamp from the breeder. And that's all I'm pushing for. It sounds like I'm pushing for a lot. All I want is when there's a strain in a shop, I want it to carry my mark that says, this is really what it is. You know, Agent Orange, which helps you with your depression is Agent Orange. And, And Pennywise, which helps you with your leg cramps is Pennywise, that's it. It's a real simple thing. And in the next 10 years, I think you're gonna see it. We have collaborated with Kyle Cushman, OG Rascal, You're seeing breeders start teaming up with each other's breeders to start protecting intellectual rights. My idea was to get Soul, Mr. Soul, Cinderella 99, Kyle Cushman, O.G. Rascal, me together. Um, That's a powerful group. But right now, California law says we can't work together. So you all see where I'm going. I mean, there's a lot of power in having four breeders that have almost 400 strains under their belt. But will they let us do that? And that's
0: a problem with the with a lot of the current laws now in, in a lot of different areas is that the people that actually know what the hell they're doing are the people that happen to have gotten arrested once or twice for doing it. And they're being boxed out of the market and they're being replaced by bankers and other people that have no appreciation. And we've talked about this last week and I went on a bit of a rant about it, but yeah, people that just have no appreciation of it. And, and, and like... How many people? How many kids these days under the age of thirty even know who like Dennis Perrone is, or 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 Brownie Mary, or some of the early the early people that that you know actually got us to where we're at. We we've talked about them. We've had Wayne Justman on the show and everything like that, and Dennis Dennis's brother as well. Um, but um, you know, it's it's it really infuriating some days, and, and uh, where people like yourself or other people that have really fought and struggled and suffered to get everything there are just being replaced just wholesale and 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 then producing crap like it's not even like they're producing something that's equivalent to this, this old stuff it's just trash you know it's like budweiser you know but only three two you know that's so <laughs> you
1: know? No, and i'll tell you if my rant i won't go full-blown rant on this one but i mean yes i'm having a hard time getting a fucking job growing cannabis because i grew cannabis for real i mean you know, my, what are your qualifications? Well, I have four U.S. felonies for cultivation, manufacturing, trafficking. I should get a raise, but no. It's like you got caught. I was like, so I pushed the envelope. I mean, that's my that's my biggest. That, if you want to think I'm stupid, I was. I had 1,200 plants in a two-story house in Florida. I'm stupid. I was trying to get grow me a mansion, baby. <laughs> The sick thing came later. I, I, I joke. The sick thing came, and I didn't save any of these up, but I get all right. I'll tell you one. Two things happen. One, people thank me for teaching them to grow cannabis so that they could treat themselves or their wives or their loved ones. Vets, people who have no money, tell me that I taught them how to grow pot and they grew a house. The new one is, and I'm gonna tell you one specifically, a gentleman wrote me last week, he's a weed nerd. He follows me on YouTube and he reads my books and my writings. Uh, I have a book in the Library of Congress in the Jefferson Memorial Library, by the way. And very proud of that. And he asked me, he said, "Sup?" he said, my wife of 30 years has got, uh, she's become schizophrenic and I've lost her. And the drugs they put her on make her go away worse. And when I give her cannabis, it helps her, and she comes back. And he said, Could I buy some seeds from you, man? I was like, God, how could you ever charge somebody for that? How could you ever not help him? I sent him 15 packs. I mean, he, he has somebody with him for 30 years, and he's losing her, and cannabis brings her back. And the Big Pharma didn't want to help. And if I can help this man in any way, even if he doesn't grow the seeds, even if it's just somebody saying, Man, I hear you and I, I'm sorry and here's a hand if that makes a difference then that's why I'm still here
0: that's really awesome thanks for sharing that. sorry no it's fine
1: don't be in yeah. I deal with a lot of sick people and a lot of people don't see that side of it i am kind of I've become the cannabis I don't know the doctor of cannabis and people ask me the craziest stuff and I go I don't know but I'll send you some seeds I mean, you know, grow some cannabis and see if your leg cramps go away or if your saccharilliat goes away or whatever you have in your body that helps because cannabis
3: sure has changed my life, so. I I know. uh, so many strains to choose from, too, you know, like I always encourage people, you know, because especially, you know, new people, you know, that are are looking specifically for medicinal relief a lot of times, they'll, they'll try one strain that they, you know, buy at the dispensary because, you know, some high school kid probably a high school kid but some young person getting paid minimum wage recommended this strain to them they tried it once and it didn't work and they want to give up you know it's a whole you know we got thousands of different strains and combinations to go through ways to consume it you know like so uh i'm a bartender education marty you tell oh god don't
1: get me started these guys I had a kid yesterday tell me everything I needed to know about Deep Purple and everything he told me was wrong. Like literally. And I, I tried to explain to him I created it and he goes, oh, you grow? Let me tell you, they are not hiring rocket scientists. Blood tender is not an educated job right now in our country, but we'll work on it. Work on it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just think that it's important to continue to encourage people, and and I've seen a lot of elderly people. You know, like we run the Facebook group, and we've been doing the podcast for a while, and um, you know, a lot of different stuff. So I get a lot of messages from people too, and it's always great to you know when they have success, like um, you know, even just growing. And then on a, on a whole another level, if they can have some success, like I can't even imagine like like you guys creating a strain. With a, with a specific intent in mind and, and having it come through, man, that, that's got to feel great.
1: Well, the one that the one that has me the most excited in the world right now is is Penny, excuse me, it's Deadlights, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, Deadlights, we hit 28 to 1, and it is unbelievable. It tastes like peaches and watermelon. You know, when you think of a high CBD strain, you just think of that roadside ditch weed, right? No yeah. flavor. No, no, no. Dude, my dad likes tastes like peaches and cantaloupes i mean it is awesome and so we hit 28 to one with it and but what's as important is i want next year to work with Pheno seed bank who has some 45 to 1 hemp varieties now i've talked to one other breeder who's down with this and a lot of cannabis growers are starting to grow hemp because the regulations on hemp are much easier. You can grow hemp for cordage and sell the shit out of it. You don't have to deal with all this crap. A lot of people are switching over. I want to take one of these 40 to ones and cross it with one of my 25 to ones. But here's the difference. Hemp is below .03. Everybody understands that? Mm -hmm. All the time, I want to buy my Pennywise and grow hemp. I go, whoa, whoa, buddy. I don't make hemp, I make cannabis, and you're not gonna get below .03 with what I have. But what if we take something in the 40s or 50s, and we cross it with something from the cannabis family, and we make a hybrid plant that's high THC and high CBD? Talk a 2040, talking real medicine, folks. And as long as we can maintain the terpene profile, and I think I can with selection, we'll have something new. Not necessarily that can be grown in a hemp farm because we're gonna, we get so good that if you fertilize the plant, it'll go to 0.04 and then you, you have to throw thousands of pounds of hemp away. But we wanna grow this new variety in, in cannabis farms. So 35 and 40 30 with 10 or 15. Can y'all dig it? Yeah. So that's my new thing um, and it's pretty easy. Pheno Seed Bank is one of the leading producers of hemp seeds in America, so it's an American hemp farmer. And I am proud to tell you I am an American cannabis seed producer and have been for 30 years. And so I'm proud of that. I didn't go to Amsterdam like everybody else. I didn't tuck tail. I did it here. And I'm proud of that. And so we want to make American genetics together with our friends like Pheno Seed Bank.
0: So so what traits do you look for in... Um... When you're breeding in male plants specifically?
1: Male plants are very unique so first we have to cover the basics of botany so the last male plant to show sex in your room under normal conditions with no stress is going to be the most drug dominant. The dominant state of, of cannabis is hemp and if it wasn't for man it would all be hemp. I have a theory that a couple thousand years ago, some Indians or some Aboriginals smoked some hemp and they got a little tangle from it and they started breeding with it. I think the biggest omission of cannabis history is Indian, American Indians. If you don't think American Indians were breeding with cannabis, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, we know that that Columbus brought seeds over. We know that uh, a lot of the early, Uh, people brought them in. We also know that uh, Columbus had them with him. Um, And so we know they were on the planet here. So all that was left out. Um, So I'm rambling here. But so if we leave it alone, the very first male plant to show sex is going to pollinate the female plants. And over time, they all become him. So what we have to do as breeders is find that one male plant that wouldn't make it plant that has resin. In other words, the male plant has visible resin. We look for a terp that is unusual. And unusual means most male plants smell like grass, wheat grass, hay, etc. If you rub enough male plants every once in a while, you rub one and you're like, oh shit, it smells like baby poop and puke and cherries, for instance. Make the note and put him over in the corner. So if he's the last male plant to indicate, he would never make it in the wild. And so we, that's a good thing. If he's got the right kind of smell that we look for, that's good. And then we move on to the next. We wanna flower him out and he has to have big balls, as ACDC would say. We don't want little wimpy clusters, because that's not gonna force clusters of large colas. So it's just common sense that a plant with big, giant, grapey clusters, big colas of male plants, it's going to produce plants better than a male that's got just a couple of little male pods, so that's next. And then another one is kind of unusual is huffing pollen. Now, this sounds kind of crazy, and I don't mean with a straw, but in a breeding room, when you kick a male, the pollen will release, and you, you breathe it in. Some people, by the way, get horrible hay fever attacks and choke to death. I have a fatal respiratory disease, and I don't have any cilia in my lungs. They're all gone. I don't sneeze or anything, and so I can smell pollen. And so, what I do is I open my mouth and I go, and the pollen lands on my tongue and on my gums and on my lip, and you can taste it. Okay. The taste that we really want to get away from are grass and hay and, and believe it or not, pine. And this taste we want to get into is something really exotic like oranges or strawberries or watermelons or coffee. That's that male that that is unusual. And then last, we take that male, we cross it with a known mother plant, and we give those thousand seeds to growers, and we let those growers grow the plants out, send us back the information. If we're looking for cherry, we're looking for growers to say, sub, it tastes like cherries. If we're looking for short, we're looking for growers to say, sub, it looks short. And if we get too many characteristics from a test strain that we didn't want, we kill it. And I just wrote an article about black dahlia. If you guys are growing black dahlia, it's a beautiful strain, beautiful coloring. Um, everybody likes it, but three test growers got hermaphroditic traits. And I crushed the strain, it's gone for good. It's even been picked up by a magazine, and people call me and want to buy it. But as a breeder, you cannot give in to that. If somebody, if you good growers grow it out and they say, Sub, I had to kill a couple females because I had monkey food on them, then you have to be true to your craft. And I think that is one thing I've done that other people don't do. I've killed so many plants. We used to throw seeds away in uh, this one cop's flower bed in Georgia. We'd go by a thousand, toss all the seeds in the yard. But you gotta be willing to kill a strain, all the seeds, all the clones, all the parents, and not put your name on it. And if you only produce really good genetics, then down the road, maybe somebody will remember you for something like Kaboom or Jesus or something like that.
0: Is there any um, weird
1: or oddball traits?
0: I know Mr. Green Jeans has talked about um, the one strain he's grown has had a bunch of twin seeds and some other funky traits that we've talked about in the past. Is there any uh, maybe oddballs or funky mutations you've seen along the way? And um, the other question with that is do you think that, because um, I've heard different things on polyploids, in cannabis, and whether or not they're actually genetically possible um, given the, the way that cannabis genes work?
1: You know, I will tell you, I'm not a trained grower. I, I taught myself. So, but we always thought a polyplant was that three sided thing. And we see them all the time, the three sided plant. I don't know if it's a true polyploid, though, because they grow out of it. Have you ever had a poly or a three sided plant grow out of it? Have you ever seen that? Because I had a clone once that. It absolutely had three sides to it. And I didn't pay attention and down the road, I noticed it didn't have three sides to it. So absolutely, I think anything is possible in cannabis. How many people have seen the bud growing out of the fan leaf? You know, we call, them that, we call that wanting to be dank, baby. It wants to be dank, it's just growing a bud leaf out of it. You know, cannabis isn't a magical plant and then we are interspacing the hell out of it. I mean, you gotta understand, Somebody talks about land race now, I almost laugh. I mean, everybody is crossing everything with every single thing. And so it's really hard to get down to that original land race. So I have seen, my favorite morph is a plant that's yellow and green. God, I wish somebody smarter than me could tell me what that is. So that's half the leaf is yellow and half the leaf is green. Have you guys ever seen that on a plant? What does that, you know? And I didn't
2: know how to answer it, but yeah, we've had it at ilovegrowingmarijuana.com. Had somebody come on and post a
0: picture of that and go, what's wrong with my plant? Or is this, you know, and it didn't look like like it was unhealthy. So so there's a couple of things, and actually there's a couple of things that can happen. One, you can have natural variegation, which is around a one in 100,000 genetic mutation with the seeds, and that's just normal. It's the same as like um like the variegated pothos you can get at your your grocery store you know it's no different than that or or some of the fancy stuff you get at at your local nursery for for normal garden plants Um, and then the other two things that can cause it there's actually two viral infections uh, that can cause it if you notice it starts off as a couple of streaking and then splits to half or three quarters of a leaf and then it starts to be whole leaves that's actually a viral infection Um, uh, similar to to tobacco mosaic virus or tomato mosaic virus. Um, and that can actually totally destroy the strain because what'll happen is it grows and grows and grows, and then it doesn't have any more leaves that actually have any more chlorophyll, and then it just dies because it can't produce any more energy. Um, and I actually have a, a, a plant, uh, a one of the natural variegated that I had. I posted a video on it on my YouTube channel from a couple of years ago uh, that I got. And then I've also had, uh, uh, once or twice I've seen the, actually it was uh, cross pollinated with hemp Field hemp uh, that was blown, you know, pollen blew in in Colorado, actually. That I've seen that um, uh, viral infection.
1: We've actually tested a lot of our plants through tobacco mosaic virus because I was scared about it. Um, I wanted to cover one thing real quick since you guys got me on here uh, that's important. Um, People talk about genetic drift a lot, and I don't believe in genetic drift. I believe genetic drift happens when you take a sick clone. So I think one of the things that's really important for growers to get good at that we don't ever talk about is cloning. Uh, Just because you can make a plant live, it doesn't mean you're good at cloning. If it takes 15 days to root, you may be damaging the DNA chain inside your plant. And I've actually seen plants get sick from this. And these are two things you can do to get out of it. One is put them in the sunshine, which is not exactly practical unless you've got a sealed room because it can get bugs on it. But we now are doing cellular cloning, tissue culture cloning, and we just bought a kit off of Amazon and we're teaching ourselves. So far, we've been we have nubs, and that means we're something's growing in the agar and no mold, no mildew. The reason this is important is if you can germ, uh, you can generate a new piece. It will break through any problems you have, any pesticide, and that single cell could be shipped somewhere quasi legally in America. And that's going to get really important soon. You know, any other business, you could even ship a damn virus medically across the country. The cannabis, moving cannabis from one state to another is becoming impossible. We believe in the near future, you'll be able to do it legally with tissue cultures. So that's. Two things that I think people should study up on if you want stuff that you can hone your craft, get really good at taking really small clones. I think it's really important. And buy you a $134 kit from Amazon and start cell cloning. It's fun as hell, man. It's, it's Mr. Science on a whole new level.
2: Well, I was Very involved cool. with a guy building a 100,000 plant facility in Canada last year. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to do cultures. Yep, so so that's interesting you bring that up. That's that's what he saw as the way to go. We don't know that we totally agreed with that, but I see your point a hundred percent, you know, what you're talking about of being able to share those cultures and all. But I mean that's a whole nother story if we start getting into starting a commercial grow up too. The know? nice thing about it
0: is too, from a breeder standpoint, is you can have an entire library of genetics that are pretty much on demand that you can immediately you know produce if you need more pollen from this male boom i take him off the shelf i grow him out and and and, and you know add, add it to whatever the hell else i'm going to crossbreed it with so well, but the you, is- there's
1: there's a company on instagram called pine arrest and they do massive greenhouses and i my hat's off i'm not talking trash i only have one thing to say i don't want three acres of one strain i got pool full of weed and I got 19 strains. I like variety. I, these giant monocrops, crops, ugh, boring. I mean, I want something new. I, I always grow that one plant here, one plant there. I just picked up Kyle, Kyle Cushman's Strawberry Cough and we crossed it with uh, uh, the Jack the Ripper, so we made uh, Strawberry Daiquiri. I've got that growing. But also we took a star dog and crossed it with space dog and we call it Strelka, the second dog in space. And I'm growing that. So one of the best things about being a breeder is getting able to grow genetics before anybody else on the planet. They get to smoke new stuff. And I just, I get a thrill out of being able to grow something and say, you know, I'm smoking it and nobody else smoked it yet and share it. And that's cool. That was the uh, first plant I ever grew.
3: Was it?
4: Yeah, strawberry coffee and ATF. And I still have that ATF cup 15 years I,
1: later. Kyle is a very nice person. If I could speak for Kyle, he is a polite. I, I'm i the Howard Stern of this industry. I mean, I can be quite intense. Uh, I've been through a lot. Kyle's the nicest guy I've ever met to have gone through many of the same things. So I believe he's a great face for cannabis and he has a couple of new licensing deals, too. So really excited to work with uh, some of these older guys. But um, show respect to if you young guys are watching. You know, remember that many of us were doing time before there was a single dispensary open in America, and I'm one of those guys.
0: So, so you're a big um, proponent of super soils. You know, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yes, yeah, super soil is a recipe that uh, I got from uh, Vic High, who was an old soil grower, and uh, he had a really simplified recipe. It had chicken manure and stuff, and uh, I kept having problems growing. I would have a really good crop, and then I would burn the crap out of it. And I needed some consistency, so I switched over to soil, and I slowly started making changes to this thing called super soil. And you can find it on my website. Um, but super soil is basically nine bags of high-quality potting soil, five pounds of blood meal, five pounds of bone meal, some bat uh, guano, worm castings, some insect frass a couple of other different trace elements isomite stuff you mix it together put it in a garbage can and you use it as a concentrate uh, i fill the bottom half of my pot with super soil and i fill the top half with a high quality potting soil and i don't use anything else on my garden Well, we use a container the proper size that we need uh, i have started using teas truth 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 i like teas but we don't use fertilizer we just make up super soil, and this is the theory of super soil. You make this recipe up, and it works really well on a plant, and then you make it exactly the same every time. Every time you grow that plant, it's gonna be really good. Then, if you have another strain, that takes a little more super soil, or a little less super soil. Cheese strains take less. Then you know when you transplant it, you just use a little less, and what I'm able to produce is consistency. And it goes further. When I have 20 super soil cans in my backyard all made up properly, sitting there with insect frats on them, I know I have trouble free growing for the next month after month after month because it's repeatable. It's like making brownies. Take the super soil, you put it in a pot, put the plant in there, you shape it, and you feed it with water, good, clean water. And I'm able to produce anywhere between two and two and a half pounds per 1,000 watt light using super soil. And then I was able to transfer this method to other people. And even people in Ireland and the UK, where apparently you have to ride a fucking bicycle to go get your worm castings, still make worm castings. I mean, you can buy sheep poop and you can get, it's just simple ingredients. There's no place in the world that doesn't have blood meal. There's no place in the world that doesn't have back guano. There's no place in the world that doesn't have you know, uh, worm castings. And so it's just a simple formula that you can run down to the grow shop, mix up sit three cans of it, and three cans of it lasts me through about 10 pounds. So uh, a lot of people have transferred this recipe. Me and Dutch were talking about it beforehand. There are entire factories that make super soil and then deliver it to giant commercial grows, and they just grow in it, just go.
2: Yeah, I get questioned about that all the time on the forum too. We're always, I mean, it's funny. It's, I love having you on tonight because you're sitting here going through all the stuff you've been involved with. And I get these questions. I do my research and, you know, I've, I've used basically, I've made super soil basically in the past when I first started growing. Then I grew into the nutrients and I went all over the place because I teach people, but I wasn't interested in just doing one thing. And I don't think you did either. You've come to what you think is the best. And that's what we're all striving for. But yeah, I get the questions about Super Soul all the time. So it is so great to hear you say that tonight because now I have a better way of answering questions to people on the, on the forum. And we've got thousands and thousands of new growers and they're our age. That's what I love about it. They're, the growers that are coming out in droves on the forum and at least ours, because I, I made our forum very friendly friendly there's nobody's getting cussed out or anything over there you come there and learn to grow successfully we've had first-time growers win the bud of the month contest that's almost unheard of to have a guy that never grew before buy your genetics grow a plant put it up in the membership votes his bud the best and he wins a pack of free seeds you know and we do that every month but i get the super soil and now i feel more confident about giving a better more informed answer so thanks for that
1: you're welcome. And Roger, I'll tell you, the biggest contingent of growers is older growers. I heard something funny last week and somebody asked me if I had some weed that wasn't so strong and you guys laugh. But you're going to see people who want 13 and 14 percent strains. who want to sit around and smoke it, and not yeah. see. Other <laughs> and shit.
0: You, you know what the number one seller was when Colorado legalized the first two years? What? the number one seller for all cannabis products in Colorado, as far as single item was the rookie cookie. The, the 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 super you know it's like five or ten milligrams in the whole cookie that that's that's the thing that was selling the most so um it was just that's because you have so many people that are especially older people coming into it and it's it's you know i i also do work with um uh weed for warriors and grow for vets you know post on the forums and uh we've had them on the show as well in, in the past and i've done worked with them at events as well uh and it's really awesome to see so many people in that, you know, 40 to 60, even 70 age range. I know the very first cannabis class I ever taught on aquaponics, I had a 19-year-old and an 88-year-old. And to this day, the 88-year-old lady, I ended up going to her house later on, had probably the nicest cannabis plants I have ever seen in my entire life in terms of actual size and average cola size. To this day, I still think is the best ones I've ever seen. So it was just so, so nice to see such a wide range of
1: You wait until you get, not cutting down my culture or my son's culture, but you wait until it's not Beavis and Butthead, till it's the guy that's growing the champion tomatoes for the past 30 years that put some cannabis in his yard. That's what you're going to see. I need to kick out, but I want to tell you guys, and I have a little message for you guys. So uh, each time in my life, when something tragedy has befell me, and generally in my life, it has been um, getting arrested for Cultivating a cannabis um, the way I bailed myself out of it was I took a seed and I planted it With love and respect and that plant gave me back everything I needed And when I came here to arizona and my house had burned down and I had nothing 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 I bought some dirt and I put some seeds in it and uh, You can go on my instagram now. I got a pool full of weed and two brand new cars So and i'm not trying to be an ass when I tell you this what i'm telling you that even though- When we were talking about the low prices of cannabis and the regulatory problems, this plant has given me everything I have ever had. Literally, literally the things I own were bought with cannabis money now. So if you give your love and passion to this plant, it will still take care of you. And for those of you guys who are looking to buy my seeds, you you can go to subcool.com, there's a list of distributors. It's pretty easy to get my seeds. Uh, I mentioned it before, if you're sick or broken, and you need my help, you can reach me at subcoolseas at gmail.com. I read every email just like you're my brother. If I can help, I will. Um, and that's it. I sure appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Thanks for taking the time to join us, and you're welcome to come, uh, come back anytime.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Nice. Thanks again. I'll see you soon. Roger, i to come over and check out your site.